1: now stay with a fan for this special program the baseball game is over and that one's hit high and deep to right suzuki back grown man home run by rowdy to left It's time for the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show. Tim Allen's here. What do you got, Tim? With the franchise, Tim Allen. I like Tim's perspective. What's the fan got today? On 1250 AM, The Fan.
2: Field and the result is not good. Wow. When it rains, it pours. Welcome in, everybody. Gene Wagner Plumbing Postgame Show. Uh, There's Evan Heffelfinger. My name is Tim Allen. Ten. Zip, shutout, blowout, loss. Four hits, no walks for this Brewers offense. And again, when it rains, it pours. You finally get your guys back in the same lineup. Adamas is in there. Yelly in the leadoff spot. There's a little bit of a change. You get Renfro back. Drowdy's in there. I I guess the only A lineup player you'd be missing tonight uh, would be Omar Narvaez, right? And then possibly, I guess, for the sake of the conversation, Tyrone Taylor in center. I guess those two guys, but a 10-zip, a 10-zip loss. Seemingly, the offense seems to be getting worse. I wasn't quite sure that that was possible, but they are struggling. They're now just eight games over 500, 33 and 33-25. They've lost five consecutive games, and seven of their last eight games have been in the loss column. This is a slide, this is a skid, for the most part, via the offense, right? I think we can all agree to that. I mean, yeah, the pitching's going to have a little bump in the road here and there, but for the most part, this is an offensive uh, slumping team right now. And I'm just wondering, you know, th- they did make the shakeup, a little bit of a move with Christian Yelich. Were you pleased with that? He had a base hit. Don't look now. Christian Yelich has three hits in, in his uh, last two games. So there is something good happening there. Rowdy Teles, a multi-hit game. You know, see, I'm, I'm henpecking out some of these uh, positives here because they really need them. And Philadelphia, I warned you about Philadelphia, not only early in the year. But a month ago, there's too much talent over there for them not to be one of those teams that will come up and bite you. And coming off four straight wins prior to getting in, into Milwaukee here, it was the way they were playing those games. They were high-energy games. It's, it's clear that there's a, uh, a little bit of an energy Gap here between the Phillies and the Brewers right now. They need to jump up off the mat here and get a win and salvage a game in this series. Turn things around with the afternoon game tomorrow. But what would you do with this offense? Now, now let's, let's be reasonable about this. You're not going to go ahead and trade a bunch of players away. You're not going to bench five or six guys at the same time. So there has to be some things. If you're Craig Council and Pat Murphy and you have to put, you're the brain trust, what would you do with this offense? I have an idea. First of all, I have a lineup that I've created. Evan and I put together a lineup that I think would be your A lineup, but the key there is leave it alone (laughs) would be, would be my suggestion. Because clearly, what you're doing offensively, at least as of late, and, and part of this is the injury bug. Clearly, whatever you're doing is is not working. Seven nine nine twelve fifty, and I know it's disappointing. That hey, they're going to uh, they're going to hit better than this. I'll guarantee it. Hard promise not to get you that. better. It, well, that's that's for sure. But they will, they're will. they a decent offense. Guys, they just are. They're in a slump right now. They are. You can't tell me that this the names on, on the jerseys, the names in the lineup, aren't going to hit better than this. Now, an additional thing to think about in terms of wins and losses, aren't you glad you beat up on Cincinnati, Chicago, and Pittsburgh? Throw Miami in there? Aren't you glad you got that done? Front end of an 11-game, 10-day road trip, ended up 6-5. and five, But the front end, you were like 6-3. and three. Aren't you glad you got – that's why those wins are important because it allows this to happen, which is going to happen. I, I have some ideas and probably not very popular ideas to kind of get this offense get back kicking a little bit. 799-1250. There are some numbers that, that I peeled out of uh, the Journal Sentinel. I think it was uh, Kurt Hogue the other day. I thought it was really well done. It was a really, really, really good article. Some of the team offensive notes. Uh, this, was, th- this was coming into Sunday's game. So we're two games uh, prior. And we all know they scored two runs yesterday, none today. So they got to be fairly accurate here despite, you know, two games uh, uh, added on here. Okay. Uh, Team is averaging 4.4 runs per game this year. That's 13th in baseball, 8th in the National League. So about in the middle of the National League, 13th overall in baseball. This is, uh, again, entering play Sunday. Brewers have been shut out now seven times this season. That includes tonight's game, seven shutouts that is tied with the Washington nationals for the most in the national league. That ain't good. I believe they should be number one most shutout team in the national league in, unless Washington. I don't think they uh, got shut out today or yesterday. Nine games this season, they've scored two or fewer runs. This is this is the offense. That's tied for the third most in the National League. You want to talk about a streaky team? That's what you've got here. You, know, you talk about it, a Peaks and Valley, you're in the valley right now. They'll come out of the valley. How about the homestand against I want to say it was Chicago, Cincinnati? in which they hit like uh, 19 or 20 home runs in the stamp. So it proves it's in them, but some of these numbers are quite disturbing. Um, let's see. The Brewers are second in all of baseball in home runs. That's a good thing. Why is it that everyone else hits homers at uh, American Family Field lately, except the crew? <laughs> I mean... It's, it's like Philly is just teeing off. Um, the Brewers do have 12 games of seven or more runs. That's seventh most in the National League, so right in the middle of the pack there. Let's see, what else? Um, 12th best run scoring offense in baseball. How about that, in terms of run productivity, the 12th most runs in all of baseball. Here's where it gets interesting. And this is uh, – Evan, if you want to jump in here and add some more uh, metrics to this, they can be good or bad for the offense because clearly the offense is struggling, but they've had some runs here. And I'm going to hang with this offense. What would you guys do with the, the offense to shake things up a little bit? If you're Craig Council and you got to make a decision – whether it's lineup, whether it's benching, whether it's, I don't know, whatever's on your mind. um, I, I would love to hear it. Let's see here. Against lefties, lefty starters, their OPS is 609. That's the worst in the National League. Okay, now you want some ideas from me? This is my idea. Whatever you've been doing against lefty starters, stop it with your lineup. You're the worst team in baseball against lefty
3: starters. What is the exact opposite that you can do? Do, do that. Yes. <laughs> Go the other way with that.
2: Um they're the third worst um let's see hold, hold on. Third worst in the in in all of baseball against lefty starters. The worst in the National League. Okay? Uh, Another National League low against lefties. Their team batting average is 205. The worst batting average against left-handed starters in the league. That also ranks as the second lowest in all of baseball. So again, to your point, Evan, you have to do something different because we're a chunk of the season in here. I mean, we're, we're really biting off the calendar here enough to say that, Hey, um, that whole McCutcheon thing against lefties, he's going to lead off and then Wong against righties and that that's got to change. And I think we're seeing to some degree that change now. I mean, with Yelich in the leadoff spot against a righty tonight, we might be seeing that change already, but that needs to cease and desist. Don't you think? You're it so really bad against lefties. You're so bad. Every every metric spells it out. Um not only Kane and Keston here uh struggle against lefties, but check this out from Andrew McCutcheon. In his career against left handers, he hits 303 with an on base of 390. How do you go from 303 career and a three ninety OBP to this year. 177 batting average against left-handers. Now, again, this is coming into Sunday, so it might be beefed up a little bit. Um, And an on-base of 218 (laughs) against left-handers. And this is the dude that's been leading off against left-handers. A 218 on-base percentage. I'm just here to point out the numbers. This is via the uh, Journal Sentinel. (coughs) Well, <coughs> I I'm, thought it was well done.
3: I'm looking right now, uh, player splits and team splits against lefties. Colton Wong is the fifth worst player in Major League Baseball this year against lefties with a three sixty four OPS, about wow. half of what league average is. Wow. So and that's the, your leadoff hitter, or has the, been your leadoff hitter. Yeah, so
2: my idea here would be Urias from this point forward is the leadoff hitter against righties, against lefties, against pitchers that like to kick the ball over the plate. I don't care. He's your leadoff guy. Leave him
3: be for about three weeks. And guess who's number one against left-handers in OPS in baseball? Mr. Paul Goldschmidt, the guy that you see 20 times a year. Number two, Kyle Farmer of the Cincinnati Reds, another guy you see 20 times a year. Number five, Wilson Contreras. Another guy you see a bunch. Good luck, Eric How, Lauer. What what do we need to do to get somebody that can hit a left-handed pitcher?
2: I mean, you're looking at over 200-point difference between Keston Hira hitting lefties versus righties. I mean, some of these numbers are really gaudy. Uh, they really are. So what does it tell you? How much sample size do you need to make a change? And I get the long sample size. I certainly do. But are, aren't we getting there to where we're getting sort of a clear uh, picture of, of some trends and tendencies with this offense? I think so. I, I think we're getting at, at about that point, and I, th- I think that is uh, why you saw Kristen Yelich. This may be the norm here. The one, two could be Yelly and Adamas. That could be against lefties and righties. You wouldn't have to change that, would you? And I'd be okay with that, honestly. But the way I would do it would be Urias, then Yelich, then Adamas. And you let that play for about 20 games. Urias, Yelich, Adamas. Does that sound okay to you, Evan? Those three? There's your top three. They all get an at-bat in the first inning every single game.
3: Yeah, sold. Absolutely.
2: Okay. So if we want to move a little bit further down, then where's your four, five, six? Okay? So you want to go, and I, I do believe that lefty-righty, 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 all the way down the lineup is uh, an, an advantage for a baseball team. I do believe that because you're, you're, you're not subjected to any, um, any lefty coming in and neutralizing a certain portion of your order. And with the three batter minimum, that really is an advantage. So I like that part. So keep that in mind when, when I'm comprising this lineup. So Rias, Yelich, Adamas. Rowdy Telez hits lefties pretty good. He's your cleanup hitter for about 20 games. Just let him go. Lefty, righty, doesn't matter. Leave him be. Now you need a righty in there. And here's the decision you've got either Renfro or McCutcheon in that five spot. I would go Renfro for me. Some would go McCutcheon, but I'm gonna go Renfro. Now who's the six here? Again, we wanna go right, left, right, left, right, left. All the way down. There's Omar in the sixth spot. What does that say for McCutcheon? He's my seven hitter. Yep. That's what I'm doing. Does that does this sort of lineup make sense for about twenty games? It it, it just almost will never happen. You just will never see that. You you won't see this. You might see it once, and then because Lefty is on the mound for game two of whatever series you want to talk about, uh, then there's an entirely different lineup. (laughs) But what would you guys do to get the offense going? Or is there anything that can be done? Uh, A couple of more, just a couple of more notes here before I get to the calls here. Uh, Let's see. Going into Sunday against teams that are 500 or better. This is pretty interesting, too. Um, That's 22 games. In the 22 games, the Brewers have scored just 65 runs. In the 22 games against 500 or better, OPS against those same teams is 18% below the league average. So a lot of you are right. In, um, well, just by the way, if I, I don't want to pick on the guy. But in those same games, those same 22 games against 500 or better opponents, Christian Yelich, what do you think his OPS is? 550. 413. Oh, I mean, <laughs> so, again, for those of you that have said... They can't beat the good teams or they can't hit against the good teams. You might be right, but that might be right for a lot of different teams. So you got to take this section of, uh, of the information with a little bit of a grain of salt because good teams are good teams for a reason. They got good pitching. So your numbers are going to be down a little bit. Hard hit ball rate is seventh in all of baseball. I'll end with that one right there. They're hitting the ball. Pretty hard. They really are, guys, and that's why they're going to break out of this. I guarantee you they will be better offense than what, what you're seeing at the moment. 799-1250, what do you do to get the offense going? Uh, let's start things out with Ron. Ron, you're on the fan. What's going on? Brewers get beat tonight, 10-zip.
4: Yeah, that game was painful. But, um, you know, like Gary Ellison likes to say when he's talking about the Packers, is it the X's and O's or the Jimmy's and Joe's? So to a certain degree, I think it's the personnel. We sign a lot of free agents that are like maybe at the tail end of the career like McCutcheon or kind of career utility guys that are hitting 220 maybe. And then you know we're hoping that they'll have a career year. So this isn't like we're signing All-Stars uh, uh, like the Cardinals did um, and things like that. So part of it's the personnel. And when you were saying that we are high on runs scored, yeah, because we're swinging for the fences. So the 2022 Brewers are 25th in batting average and 26th in strikeouts. Mm-hmm. So they're a team. If you're playing guys that have pitchers that you can hit home runs off, okay, we do fine. But if you're playing guys that can pitch, we can, we can't even get a hit.
2: So what what would you do?
4: Well, hopefully we'll pick up at least one or two hitters that aren't you know aren't all stars, but are like. Good contact hitters and and that can advance a runner. And then I don't know, like in a season, if you can change the philosophy of, like you know, I call every show and say we need some small ball, but just make some more contact. And and uh, yeah, we can go for home runs earlier in the game. I I noticed that I don't know if uh, Pat Murphy uh, said, oh, they're bugging me about bunting. Let's try one today. But that was early in the game when you didn't need it. I mean, it's like right, like you right. said, it should be situational. Maybe in the yep. eighth or ninth inning, you need one run, not at the beginning of the game.
2: Yeah, so yeah. all know. right. So, so, some so of you're
4: you, and you, coaching, you, and some of it is personnel.
2: Okay, so uh, one would be you're you're just to just to paraphrase you, Ron. You're saying make some moves here, get some bats in here, right? Yes. Okay, so gotcha. We,
4: we were saying it was uh, the uh, you know guys that are hurt, but we had them all in tonight.
2: Yeah, they were. They, this was outside of Omar. Everybody was in there. That's going to win a World Series, uh, if that's you know what, what you think they'll do. Those are the guys that are going to get it done.
4: Right, and I looked up the lowest batting aver- team batting average to ever win a World Series. Uh, I don't know what year it was, but it was the White Sox, and their batting average was two twenty eight. and our team batting average is two thirty. And I know times have changed, but it's still we'd still be like a historical if we could win a world series with a 230 batting average
3: we'd be okay.
2: breaking a record. <clears throat> All right, got got you Ron. Thank, thanks for the call. 799-1250. Tim, he
3: brought up a really great point, but it's it's kind of the the bane of the small market's existence where the Brewers sign or trade for a lot of players and hope. That's their thing. They get a Jace Peterson and they hope. A Brasso and they hope. That's kind of the way that a small market team has to do it. They don't have the luxury of a Dodgers who don't need to hope because they go out and pay top dollar for a Mookie Betts who's proven it or a Freddie Freeman who's proven it. And it sucks. And you're going to, I mean, it's kind of like baseball. If you hit three for 10, you're a hall of famer. It's kind of like that as a GM for a small market team. It sucks. You're going to strike out a lot. But when you get the hits like Yelich in 2018 and 19, it makes it even better.
2: Well, um, you're bringing in uh, Renfro, McCutcheon, these two guys with track records. So this, this is what's hard to explain. When you bring in guys like Jackie Bradley Jr., guys with track records, guys like Renfro, McCutcheon, Jonathan Scope, you bring these guys in because you have something to go on. They're, they're, they're a safer bet, if you will. What happens here then? Now, on the other hand, you bring in a guy like Adamas. <laughs> he just rakes. So you do miss on those. The Brasso and the Peterson, yeah, you're right. Uh, but you're hoping that they perform in their roles, though. And unfortunately, right. they've had you know a few more at bats than the team really expected or even wants them to have. They don't they, they don't want Brasso and Jace Peterson to be leading in plate appearances or anywhere near there. You know things are going wrong if they are, and that's where they're at now with some of these injuries. But you have you have an Adamas that came here and and performed well. JBJ that didn't. Jonathan Scope that didn't, you brought up in our conversation before the show tonight, Brad Miller, who seemingly seems to come up with clutch hit after clutch hit and puts up power numbers wherever he goes except here. And I'm not saying, you know, what's in the water in Milwaukee um, because there are cases where they do, they do hit. Omar Narvaez came here and he scuffled his first year. But then after that, he you know, he, he's a decent hitter. So you try and explain it to me, but you're right, Evan, in the fact that it's these moderate misses for other teams, big market teams, they would be moderate misses on a signing or a trade for. They're bigger misses because it's Milwaukee. You you have to hit on these things. You got to dial in the right combination. How about Roddy Tellez? They got him for a middle reliever that's moderate at best. He's a decent hitter. So there are some good acquisitions too, but when, when, when your meat of your order is either hurt or struggling, you're going to pay the price on that. You're just going to pay the price, and we're seeing, we're seeing probably a combination of both of those things that are happening right now. 799-1250, boy, a tough one at American Family Field, 10 Zip the final. Want to get more of your phone calls uh, in after the break here. What would you do with this offense? they are, <laughs> I mean, this is, <clears throat> I mean, I've seen some down teams. But, uh, and I'm not saying they're, you know, I'm with Pat Murphy. If you heard our conversation last night, I'm, I'm with him. It's not for lack of effort. But a lot of teams go through this and a lot of, uh, a lot of shakeups are included in that to try and get out of this. What, what would you do in terms of the shakeup? you define it for me. Gene Wagner, plumbing, post-game show, Brewers fall in game two, their fifth consecutive loss. they got to bail out and try and salvage one tomorrow. Craig Council and more of your calls
0: coming up here on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame Show. What play got you the most excited from today's game? Did it get you up off the couch? It's time for the Call of the Game, presented by the 5 O'Clock Steakhouse. 5 O'Clock Steakhouse, Wisconsin's number one steakhouse by the Food Network. Visit them and make online reservations at 5OClockSteakhouse.com.
2: 10-zip. That was your final tonight in game two of this three-game set. Might this be a uh, good time to talk about fantasy football or something? (laughs)
3: <laughs> Your 2022-23 championship season is only six months away.
2: Yeah, yeah, we can talk rankings. All right, let, let's get to you guys. Uh, Rocket at 799-1250, you're going to be our call of the game here with 5 o'clock Steakhouse, okay? So you, you better bring it. What do you have for me in terms, of, uh, in terms of what you would do to get the offense going? That's just a great call of the game right there.
3: Oh, let's try it again. Do we have your rocket? That might be me. I might have clicked the wrong one.
2: Okay. Can you hear me guys? There we go. Now we got uh, you. Go for it. All right. So
5: this is this is my suggestion. It's a big, big trade. Um. You, I I know David. You know Stearns. He's 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 always got his hands on the wheel. He, he's very good. But I want to know if he's reaching to the world of maybe getting Bryce Harper. So what I would offer for Bryce Harper would be Yellich, Taylor, and Woodruff. Yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd let it ride on that. Okay, I
2: mean, so that's your idea to get the offense going.
5: Well, it's one guy, right? Yeah. And then the, the, the other thing is, you got, you know, M- McCunchin's not there anymore. So there's got to be someone in the minor leagues that can come up and hit better than 179.
3: Okay. All right. All right. I got you. Rocket, thank you for the call. So trade for Bryce Harper. Well, I was going to suggest trading Keston Hira for Mike Trout. See if maybe yeah. we could pull that one off.
2: See what happens there. Um, a call of the game. That was a call. <laughs> you will call it a call. Uh, how about uh, Dick? You're next on the fan.
4: Um, that
6: was an interesting call, uh, mm-hmm. but I call of the you game go there anymore. Yeah, the call of the game. You know, first thing I want I want to uh, uh, praise you for your interview with Murphy last night. Uh, you did well. I thought it was a difficult situation, but imagine if you had them tonight. It'd be really difficult. But as yeah. far as changing things, I think you really have got to shake things up, not just figuratively. I think uh, you, you, you bench Yelich, you bench Kane. At worst, you bat Yelich ninth, so he has one less at bat in most games. And you kind of juggle the lineup up. Just move all the, the, the hitters up. The guy that replaces Yelich, uh, um, you know, it depends on who you put in where you bat him. But what we did tonight wasn't a shake-up, you know. We need a true shake-up. I, I think Yelich, and you mentioned this the other night, Tim, it, I think it's between his ears. And he needs to, to drain it, get it out of his system, and maybe uh, – a, a demotion is what he needs to get him fired up. I think there's, there's something to be said that you work your butt off to, to constantly do better, do better, do better, because financially you're going to do better. Once you make it financially, you lose that edge. I don't care who you are. Maybe Giannis is, 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 is an outsider for that because he's still not willing to pay for dinners out. But he's come from a whole different background than a kid from California. So that would be my take on it. Okay, Let's really right. shake
2: it up. All right, got, gotcha. And, and that's, you know, when, when, when you shake up a lineup, if you shake it back uh, the other way and you go right back to where you started, then is that a shakeup? I, I believe you've got to let it ride. If you're going to make a change in, in a lineup, you've got to let it go. You've got to let it, let it grow. Let it organically just go and to see if it really, really works. So if you're going to change something, you, you better stick with it for a while. Uh, I, um, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I just, I just think these guys are going to hit, hit their way out of it. That's the thing with Yelly, I feel bad for him. I do. And I'm not talking about money. Don't don't immediately. You're going to give me grief. When I say that you're going to say, oh, how do you feel bad for someone making $200 million? No, for, forget about the money. I do, Don't do you feel bad? You got a heart? Like him personally, you think where, where he's been in his career just a short time ago, just a few years ago, batting title, MVP, just owning
3: things to, to, to where he's at now? Come on. And through no fault of his own. It was a fluke injury that has kind of snowballed into what it is right now. If that's the catalyst of what this is all about, yes.
2: It, it's a fluky injury. Uh, let's see here. Matt, you're next at seven nine nine twelve fifty. What would you do to get the offense going? Uh, realistically, what would you do here?
7: Realistically, a formula that's worked for the Brewers in the past is go to our minor league system, which is the Kansas City Royals, and uh, <laughs> trade for being an attendee. Uh, maybe for Yelich. Like, we got Granke and Sabathia. It works out. And something that I don't understand why the Brewers organization doesn't do it, bring up some number one draft picks and give them a shot.
3: They have to be ready, though.
7: And Mitchell. But what's better than ready right now? Just give them a shot. The Yankees do it. The Dodgers do it. I mean because they're ready. They the kid from they got but they got the kid from uh, Oak Creek the Dodgers do and they bring him up. How what could go worse? Like
2: I you know what? I, I think it's not that far fetched.
7: And it's not far fetched. Uh, he's we pick up players that were in big organizations and they don't live up to their expectations in like Boston and New York like Sabathia, Granky, and we pick them from the Royals, and then we bring up some of our young guys. The last guy I remember is Fielder. Give him a shot, like a legitimate shot. Casting here. And, uh, well, casting here, yeah, but that was only a year or two. Uh, but at this point, and I know I called him before, and I was way off on Jace Peterson. And he had some peaks here for a little while, but... I mean, let's be honest. He's not an everyday player.
2: No, I mean, he's, not. he's not an everyday player, though. I don't he's think a, that's a good he's comparison. A player. He's
7: a key player. But Terang yeah. uh, Mitchell, I believe his name is, our number one draft pick from UCLA in the outfield. Are, are we hurt in the outfield right now. We're hurting. I think between McCutcheon and Renfro, one of those two guys are going to pick up the slack. One of them are. It's
2: I think they both, both, both will hit better. Yes, I they both. I think both two will. Yeah, and Renfro's and Yelich, not doing all that bad.
7: Yelich, I, I love him. He's one of my favorite Brewers of all time. I just, that injury, I don't think he's going to recover. So to send okay. him to Kansas City for being an attendee, uh, I think that would turn the whole organization around. Like, that okay. would be a pickup.
2: Okay, Matt, thank, thank you for the call.
3: I'm, I'm fully on board with Ben Intendi. Ben Intendi, um, he's a great hitter. A left-handed hitter, which doesn't really help you too much, but I think you do a package deal and you get Whit Merrifield as well. If yeah. you're making a trade with the Royals, it better be for that. You could even look at their bullpen, try to poach. Like I don't even know who they even have in their bullpen right now. But th- those are the kind of moves that they do make. Uh, do you want a quick minor league update? Because I have the stats op- yeah, up right now. Let's
2: tell. Let's let's give Matt the ideas that when you ask, you know. Do you want a David Dahl or do you want a guy that uh that is just open-ended? You don't know what he's doing. You don't know if he's ready. You just bring him up to bring him up. David Dahl has had some success in the big leagues. I'm he has. really surprised he hasn't
3: seen the big leagues yet this year. And his numbers, they are looking pretty good. He's hitting 280, mm-hmm. 767 OPS, and 150 at bats. The power really hasn't been there. He hasn't driven in a lot of runs, but he's been getting on base hasn't strike out struck out a ton. Your best hitter at Triple-A right now has been Mark Mathias, who yes, he's hitting 327 and has almost a 1000 OPS, but do we really expect that from Mark Mathias? No. Mario Feliciano, we could see the problem is Omar Narvaez is playing really well. We've seen good things from Alex Jackson. Victor Caratini is still there. I don't think you're going to see a Mario Feliciano, even though he's hitting 300 it's on just, the season. And and to talk about
2: Sal Frelick or Garrett Mitchell, Hedbert
3: Perez,
2: yeah, Weamer, Gray, all these guys, guys, there'll be a time for that. We're just a
3: little early on those guys. And they're not ready. That's the thing is you have to make sure that they're ready because it can hurt a player to call them up early, and then they struggle, and it's the first time they've ever struggled in their lives because they were a top pick. And we're the best player on every team they've ever been on, It's kind of hard to get past those struggles yeah. sometimes,
2: yeah, that's and, why it's and, better
3: to be like me and struggle the whole time.
2: <laughs> yeah, just have your bar there. no, you're right. I think the mark of a of of a good to great professional athlete is how they react after scuffling after they have a slump, after they go in the tank and they start questioning themselves. I recall. Many, many years ago, having a conversation with both Scooter Jeanette and his dad, and he was really struggling, and it was the jury's out on this. What was he, a a top five-round pick? No, I'm sorry. He was a – I want
3: to say like Maybe twelve.
2: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, somewhere in there. Okay, and he had some success early, and then he really struggled, and he was doubting himself. Be the best Scooter Jeanette you can be. Be the best – you you can be. Once they get past that doubting phase, then their careers take off. But but they have to be Evan's right. Matt, these guys gotta be ready. And there's there's a protocol that goes through them. It's very rare that you get the the Tatis and the Juan
3: Soto's. And,
2: yes. That just hit the ground running at 18, 19, 20 years old, and never look back. It's it's very rare. No. Now there's some validity to that Will the Brewers push the accelerator a little bit on some of these guys? They already are. They are rushing some of these guys through the system. Look at Ethan Small. Yeah, all the way up to the bigs. He was he was their first round pick just just a couple of years ago.
3: Terang at twenty two is already the starting shortstop, uh, outfielder, second baseman. He's been playing all over for Triple A, and you know what? You could see him this year. He's hitting oh two, you will. He's hitting two seventy at Triple A. The OPS is under 700, and he's striking out 25% of the time, which isn't great. But he's there. That's your top prospect. You have to make sure he's ready, though. I, and I don't think you're going to—you're definitely not going to see a Garrett Mitchell this year. Sal Freilich, probably not. The outside chance is Joey Weimer just because he's mm-hmm. crushing the ball right now. And he's a little bit older at 23. But still, he hasn't played a game in AAA. We need to calm down just a little bit. Yeah, just
2: and, and they're close. Believe me, guys, they are close, and the talent level has been as high in the position player group that this organization has had for many, many years. It'll pay off, but it's just not now. Now, the, the, before we get to another call, the, the trade Yelich thing? No, it's not happening. I, I mean, oh man, would you think about it from the other perspective? Think about if you're the other team. Would you trade for Christian Yelitz right now? Would wow. you take that gamble? Some might. If I'm, just I had, saying, I'm, I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer. I'm just saying some might. Most I, won't.
3: If I had faith in my player development and my hitting coach that we see what's wrong and we can fix it, imagine getting the return of investment on somebody like that, because the Brewers are either going to have to give up a massive prospect or they're going to have to pay a lot of that contract. So – it's, I feel like it's a gamble that could work out for a team, but the Brewers aren't trading Yellich. There's no way. No. They're
2: going to get through this, guys. They will get through this offensive skid that they're in. They will. I, I can tell you they will. And, and and I have all the conviction in the world. Uh, to River West at 414-799-1250, we say good evening to Austin. What's going on, Austin?
8: Hey, Tim, what's going on? Hey. We were at the brewer game tonight and uh that inning when the home runs went on his is four nothing. Went out to the smoking patio and you know
2: <laughs> I've just been there. Just yes. Pretty
8: much new. Um no, there's no way you no way you trade Christian Yelich but what do you think trading uh Ethan Small, getting him out of there? Like, I know you're big on these Brewers uh, pitching prospects that gives us depth down, you know, years to come. But if we can, you remember that, that spark that Willie Adamas brought to the clubhouse?
4: Mm-hmm.
8: Like, what do, okay, so who are we looking for that we can, because something's got to change in there.
2: Something I, I something hits. will change. I mean Austin, you, you yeah, well you know something's gonna change because think of it in, in terms of what the organization thinks about this team as a whole now from like yeah. say now till the end of next year. You gotta look at it in, in increments of two years because then then some contracts start coming up, that's fine. But um but right now you, you have to seize the opportunity here and Stearns will. You would, I would. We all yeah. would. we we got uh, Woody coming back here, but there, there's Burns, the Cy Young, and Woody, and, and Peralta eventually is going to come back. But Hauser, despite tonight, has been a bulldog and a good pitcher. Eric Lauer. Hauser's is a
5: great pitcher.
2: Aspie, Aspie, Ethan Small behind him. I mean, there's, you have this opportunity right now. We'll make some changes. Now, I don't know to what degree. You can't just move everybody out, as Murphy said last night, and I agree with him. No. Then you're not just going to trade a bunch Ash, of players away. Ashby
8: is unmovable. I think that guy's got the stuff. Me too. Um, I just think if you can move your prospects and find – and now I, I'm not as smart as you guys. I don't know all of the available people that are coming off contracts. But if you can move some of your AAA prospects – and get in your position players cuz so we don't need pitching. If you can move some of your AAA, Double-A AA prospects that other teams want and bring in, I mean, we can I mean, I'm sorry, Lorenzo Cain, but I mean, mm-hmm. we can bring somebody else in there.
2: I There's you know, There's two not- guys, there's two guys that I'm I'm a little concerned about uh, making it through this season in a Brewers uniform. And one of them is Lorenzo Cain. The other might He's be Brent thinking. Suter. The other is Brent Suter. I'm Brent not Suter convinced either one be will be bad. in a Brewer's uniform long long the term can't this can't season.
8: Pitch anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. You know, again, they they can't even count on Brent Suter to soak up innings when he have a short start or when you get a blow away game. You know, yeah. so they'll changes are coming because I appreciated Austin and yeah, maybe I'll see you in the smoking deck uh, in in the next homestand or something. But you know the changes will come because they're that good. Good teams make those changes. Good teams add on. That's what good teams do. They 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 acquire. And I think you'll see that again this year. You will. They just need to get through this skid that they're on. My goodness. We I like, haven't seen this type of thing in a while.
3: I like the conversation that he started, though, about who are the untouchables for this team. I think we can agree Ashby's untouchable. Oh, yeah. Burns for me is for untouchable. Sure. I think Luis Urias is untouchable for me. Adamas, Adamas for me. Adamas. And yep. then I think everybody else is fair game at that point. Yeah. Everyone's got their
2: price for sure. And even the untouchables do have a price. But I think everyone gets the point. Uh, let's see, Scott at seven, nine, nine, 1250 felt the need to dial the post game show tonight. Hey, Scott. Hello. Hi.
9: Hi. Uh, what I'm with the to see him do, like you said earlier in the program, you know, whatever you're doing right now, let's do the opposite. Okay. You got, mm-hmm. you got hitters that are struggling right now at the plate. Uh, they're getting behind an account. And uh, so the pitchers are struggling a little bit now. They're not even getting a couple runs to work with, so they feel they've got to be perfect. I'd like to see it. Counts as an old two fifty hitter from lifetime from way back. Uh, where you know they used to do a lot more small ball for a while. It's kind of like in basketball, the guys have a trouble hitting shots from the outside. The shot's not on. Try to get some layups. So I'd like to see them go to getting some of those a walk on, get a little bump going. Uh, maybe we'll still and make the defense start doing some things and throwing the ball around a little bit. You've got a defense that is uh, set up now where they're doing ships all over the place, and you're pretty much getting into what they are going to give you. And you've got three guys on the side of an infield, and you've got a guy coming up that could uh, maybe push a butt down towards second base, and you've got three guys in between third and short. Uh, who's going to start covering these things? Start getting mm-hmm. the, making the defenders make decisions about where they got to go with the ball and who's covering well. you got some speed on the team. you got Ken yet that can get out there and cause a little head off until the guys all start coming around and, and start getting a uh, little confidence. But until then, I'd like to see counsel. you know, I said, he's a player from way back when. Go like it used to be for a while. The struggle's going on. As uh, Bob Eucher or Ted Simmons used to say, get him on, get him over, and get him in. Last That's night, exactly right. Night, Last night, you had McCutcheon on second base, and you got one out, and he's out there, and you got Talon. They're all looking to hit the ball out of the park to win the game. Drop something down, make a ball get thrown away, and start getting those runners running around and creating excitement and get the team going again. So that's what i got to say.
2: Gotcha, Scott. Good call. Good call. Now, that's the call of the game right there with 5 o'clock Steakhouse. (laughs) He
3: brought up a great point real quick. uh, yep. th- of the shifts, I feel horrible for Tyrone Taylor, especially last night. He smashed two balls straight mm-hmm. up the middle, which is what you're taught to do. You're taught as a hitter, line drive up the middle. That Squared is your up. plan it up. Yep. every game. And it was just, you know, it was right to the second baseman playing to that side of second base. It sucks. It's it's It really does suck because what more can you do as a hitter? You do what you're taught and you're out. Last time this team
2: played the Philadelphia Phillies was the three-game set in Philly. You recall the Sunday night game, that was the Eric Lauer. I think he struck out what thirteen. The Angel Hernandez game, yes, and he struck out thirteen in that game. Okay, that that series to me got this team on a little bit of a run. And what I noticed in that series, way different than this series. I noticed some hit and runs in that series. I noticed some steal attempts. I noticed – was that the, the – might have been uh, where Christian Yelich put the bunt down? I think so. I, I noticed hitting behind the runners. There was just a little more aggressive nature in that series. Now, again, that was early on, but it still was that playoff intensity type series. You just saw so much more energy in that regard. I'm with you, Scott. I th- I think that's a great call. That's, uh, that is a great call because – I think we can all agree, lately, now that's the key word here, lately, whatever you're doing offensively, it ain't working. It's just not working. So if you caught our lineup earlier, at least the uh, top six or seven, I'd let him play. Rias is, is your new Ricky Weeks as the leadoff hitter, and he'd be better than that offensively.
3: Oh, man, could you imagine?
2: I'm serious. He'd be better than Ricky Weeks in the leadoff spot. I believe that, and Ricky was okay. He was all right. He got a, he had a nice nice window in there where he was doing quite well. But uh, Urias Yelly is my two hitter. Adamus is my three. Telez is the cleanup hitter. Renfro's the five hitter. Omar's my six hitter. Andrew McCutcheon's my seven. And I know you're going to say, well, what are you doing? Andrew McCutcheon, a seven hitter? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. It's exactly what I'm doing. It keeps it right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, all the way down the lineup. If those Cody Bellinger can
3: hit eighth last year, Andrew McCutcheon can hit seventh this yeah. year.
2: Because it's guys like Andrew McCutcheon and Hunter Renfro that create a stacked lineup. That's Those are the guys that do it. Those are the guys that you look up. The other guys look up and they say, whoa, wait a second. Omar and Renfro and, and McCutcheon, there's your, your 5, 6, seven hitters? Yeah. But I'd let it go for 20 games. That's my idea. That's just, that's just mine. I'd play a little more aggressive, too, I guess, in that regard. You want to get one more in here, Evan? Yeah, let's go to Mike in West Dallas. What's up, Mike?
10: I'm doing good. How are you doing, Tim?
2: More important how you are. I don't count.
10: <laughs> you always count um so first off i want to say that i i think the brewers have a three-year window in, in terms of you know getting the championship because that's how long brandon Woodworth, uh woodruff uh, and corbin burns are under mm-hmm. contract and i don't think you're going to be able to re-sign either guy so i think the brewers need to be really aggressive uh, in terms of trading for somebody but but there's five things that i would do quick i would release lorenzo cain um, I don't think he's given you much in the field. Like, he's not the same center fielder that he used to be, and obviously he's hitting a buck sixty-five. If he wasn't making $18 million, he wouldn't even be on this team uh, at this point. Uh, and I think it sends a message to the rest of the guys that if you don't produce, you're not going to be in there or we'll just get rid of you. So I think it gives a heightened, heightened sense of awareness to the rest of the guys. I would change uh, Christian Yelich's launch angle. Uh, because if you notice, whenever he hits the ball, he pounds it into the ground. Mm-hmm. I think the issue with him, I don't think it's a mental thing. I think it's a, a physical thing uh, at the plate. I, I i mean, I would have to look closer into it, but I think his swing is different, or he's doing something differently. Than it is, yeah. It's its
2: his swing. There's no question of it. There's too many balls hit on the ground to the right side of the diamond. There's just too many. He's not driving the baseball with any sort of uh, upward angle.
10: Sure. No, and, I, and he still has a good eye at the plate because he's still getting his walks and his on-base is 100 points higher than his average. So he, he, he hasn't lost his eye at the plate. It's just his swing uh, is just off. And I, I'd like it if you could ask Pat that next time you talk to him. if they've, mm-hmm. And I'm sure they have, but just ask him if they've shown him video. Is he doing anything differently with his swing? Yeah. Um, okay. Next, I would trade Ethan Small. I think he's your best trade ship. He doesn't hurt them uh, this year because he's not at the big league level right now. He's a former first-round pick. I think they could get a really good bat in return uh, for Ethan Small. Former first-round pick, great minor league stats. He's a left-hander, low 90s, good control. Uh, So that's something that I would do, keeping that three-year window in mind. I would play Keston every day at the DH. I know he hasn't torn up the ball, but two years ago he was hitting 300. He's a you know, former eighth pick overall. Put it this way, Tim, I would rather have Keston uh, Hira at the DH versus McCutcheon, who's at the tail end of his career, who you gave a minimum deal to. They're both similar hitters right now. Low average, good power, right? But I think I think Keston Hira has even more power, so that's something I would do. And then you brought up uh, Joey Reamer. Um, his stats are unbelievable. I mean, mm-hmm. he's hitting like 285. With like a 550 slugging percentage right now, he's 23. You know, like I said, he's an older prospect. He's at Double A. I just don't know if that's something the Brewers have done in the past with bringing a guy all the way up from Double A.
3: No, R- Arcio really. was the last one that I remember. Yep.
10: Okay,
2: and he, yeah, he but is, but he was he was projected to be a superstar. He was a top ten we, in all the baseball. Yeah, we, Weimer is not at that level.
10: True, just true. in terms
2: of prospect, you know, rankings.
10: Sure, but it's not like he was a you know a 22nd round pick. He was picked in the fourth round, so he was still you know he's still a talented guy. Uh, and it actually, his stats are better in the minors than they were in college, even uh, mm-hmm. because I was reading that they changed something with his swing, like his toe tap, and ever since then he's been just tearing the cover off the ball. So I just think they need to take risks. You know, you have a three year window. You know, you have your two aces. We don't know how long they're going to have this great of pitching. You know, I think their pitching is better now than when they had uh, uh, Granky and uh, who they have. They had Granky and Sheets. Was that yes. and Gallardo
2: and Ga- Yo, yep.
10: And yep, and Gallardo. I, I think their pitching is even better now than it was at that. Oh, time. for so.
2: sure. This is the best starting rotation that this organization has ever had.
10: Sure. So I, I think you need to take advantage of that, and you just yes. you need to take some risks, and that's. Ethan Small, that's a risk because he's a really good prospect, but he's going to get you somebody great in return. And they need Mike, a difference maker in that lineup.
2: Yep, Mike, great call. It, it, it is really, really, really good call. You're probably going to see it. I, I don't know if I can predict any sort of, because we don't know. I mean, they've they, they got to get through this run here of uh, uh, some rough rough go here. they just got to get through this, and then, and then we can reshuffle the deck. I, I don't think you'll see a Black Monday-type situation. But I wouldn't rule it out at a lower level of that where Brent Suter and Lorenzo Kane are gone or Ethan Small is shipped out. I mean, the, the, you have what you have right now, guys, in terms of Renfro, McCutcheon, Yelich, Adamas, Urias, Omar, Rowdy, Keston... You got that? They're they're not going anywhere. They're just not. This has to come from within,
3: and I think it will. Tim, something just I just a thought role. of: could we see Lorenzo voluntary retire this year instead of getting released? I I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. He Evan. almost not retired in twenty twenty. I mean, he did not. He didn't play that season, but he also was contemplating retirement. And He's also a guy, though. On the other hand, Evan, that. You know,
2: if, if if you're in need of, of of your own sort of Jace Peterson, a guy off the bench, a guy that has been there, a guy with a ring, a guy that's a decent, really good clubhouse guy, I don't know, maybe a change of scenery does lift him up a little bit. It's been known to happen. I would take a chance on Lorenzo Cain for sure on another team. I, I would.
3: also wouldn't be mad if we keep him because, like you said, that experience is a great thing. yeah.
2: And but he's got to wait till the end of the year. I've said that from the start. Lorenzo Cain is going to come in handy in my book. If you're stuck with him all year, that's fine with me because I think it pays off in August and September.
3: Even if he's a, de- a defensive replacement in the in the playoffs or a pinch runner, that's still massive. That's a huge help to a winning team. Look at Dave Roberts in tonight. 04, the Red Sox. They won that series because of him just stealing yep. a base. That's how important a player like that can be.
2: Yeah, and and Lorenzo had a couple of nice swings tonight. He really did. And I know we're you know living in just the, the smallest of sample sizes with that, but it'd be the same thing as I said, well, Christian Yelich. He's got three hits in his last two games. Christian Yelich has three hits in his last two games. Hmm. They'll come out of it. We got to hear from Craig Council if you guys want to jump in here be on for a little while longer. 799-1250. Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show. Offense, oh, struggling. What do you do to get them out of it? And uh, they lose 10-zip tonight, their fifth consecutive loss. This is shocking to me. The biggest part of this shock isn't the offense struggles. Every offense is going to go through a skid. Biggest shocker for me... Is that a team with this pitching staff loses seven of eight games, including five straight? I never thought they'd even come close to that. But here, we, I said that yesterday after six of seven and four straight. Now it's seven of eight and five straight. Gotta stop. We'll be right back on the fan. It's
1: the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show. Let's get the scoop from the skipper on today's game. On 1250 AM, The Fan.
2: Where really is Nate Orff when you need him? That's all I got to say. That's what we've been asking all year. (laughs) A night like this. 10-zip, Brewers fall, and there'll be better days. I can promise you that. Aaron in Appleton, uh, we'll get you on as uh, we're going to head into Craig Council here in just a second. What's going on?
10: Hey, Tim, how are you doing?
2: More important how you are.
10: I'm okay hanging in with this uh, with this slump going on, but okay. Here, here are a couple of my ideas. Keep Kane, Get rid of Jace. I think we need a pitcher or two. And then, what do you think about the idea of bringing back Braun? I would love it. Same here.
3: He never got his farewell tour.
10: I agree. I agree. No. And he would go out on top. I and this is a this is. Uh, the 2022
2: championship season. Yes. Yes, it is. Aaron. Very nice. All right. 22 championship season. We're in the middle of it. It's a little bit of a downslope. That's all.
3: I'm not going to go crazy quite yet. Can we please, please start the narrative to bring back Braun? Start the I, hashtag on Twitter. I, I thought last year.
2: I thought last Both year. Both of us he, did. Yeah. He yeah, made us we look convinced.
3: foolish. It's time for
2: us to get revenge. And another and mistake that may have happened. How about Eduardo Escobar? Really, the versatility—that is a council player right there. If you if you were to tailor make a council player, that's the guy. Ten million a year, two years in New York, and he's kind of lighting it up a little bit. Hmm. Just saying. All right, uh, we'll get to uh, Craig Council now. So that'll be interesting. Hey, he's going to breathe a lot. Listen, listen to that, uh, and he's going to give you some information as to uh, well, Hauser wasn't uh, wasn't good. The long ball got housed today, and uh, they need to just hit the ball. Just just uh, one day can make a difference, break them out of it. But let's hear from the Brewers manager.
11: Well, I mean, there's, I mean, you know, when a guy's throwing that many strikes. You know, you can you can sit there and wait and fall behind in the count, or you can try to try to, you know, swing at strikes. Uh, he was throwing a lot of them. Uh, he was just he threw a lot of good strikes. Um, you know, a lot of near misses. No, no, that many free pitches at all for the hitters. Um, you know, so it, so it leads to that. Adrian's been so good at keeping the ball in the park this season. Uh, what, what do you think happened tonight? Yeah, I mean, I thought. I mean, the first two innings, is stuff. You know, we, I thought his stuff was really, really good. Um, you know, they, they got him in the stretch uh, in the in the third, and then you know, he just, he just missed with some fastballs. I mean, he just he just threw some fastballs in bad places, um, and they they took good swings. Um, then I'll simple as that really it was it was two fastballs kind of middle of the play and pitched the home run to Herrera later it was just middle and that's what happens Craig, Craig just jumping off the question on Nola just what you kind of think of just the the at-bats you guys had against it wasn't a lot of a lot of strikeouts today but just not a lot of hard contact either no no I mean it was a quiet night I mean we didn't we didn't I mean, we put we put run, one runner on second base. I think um, so. You know, he, he made quality pitches, and and we didn't. You know, when we got something to hit, we we didn't hit it, um, or we didn't we didn't hit it hard, um, and you know, just didn't do enough offensively.
2: Yeah, what can what can he say? I mean, you, th- you think about that. They I mean, didn't do enough at, offensively. It's it's not at that point yet, guys. Where the manager and players just go completely sideways and tear things up. It's just not. It's not. I know it seems bad right now. It does, but this is uh, this is something they will get through. The quicker, the better. Though, my goodness, let's go. Come on, we're going to take a look at uh, tomorrow's series finale matchup. Who's on the mound? And uh, we'll also give Craig Council a message on his ride home. He's probably showered and all ready to go, probably in his uh, vehicle on his way back home. I got a quick message for him next. And you're listening to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show, 10 Zip, Brewers Fall. We'll be right back on the fan. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing
1: Baseball Post Game Show. Craig Council's workday is done. He's from here, and he lives here. (laughs) Time for Craig's Ride Home. His radio just might be on 1250 AM, The Fan. Do you feel the need to let him know what's on your mind? I know we do.
2: 10-zip, Brewers fall in game two of the three-game set. Yeah, Craig might be on his way home right now, and he might have 12.50 on. I just have something quick. Just hang with him. You know what? You hear that term a lot in baseball. Just hang with him. This, your team Your team is going to hit better than they are now. That's all I have.
3: Uh, Well, Craig, I know that you know that I'm going to see you in Washington, D.C. this weekend. I'll be at the game on Saturday. You currently sit one win behind... Uh, Phil Garner for tying for the most in franchise history. You might two see away history. From so that's the thing, is Craig. I want you to win. I'm actually I'm disappointed that you guys haven't been winning. But selfishly, could you maybe win your uh, franchise winning game on Saturday when I'm there? Well, that means they'll game? lose
2: one of the next I know, two. Then
3: I know. Not tomorrow though, because Corbin needs the win. Uh, whoever's next after that, I'm sorry, but you're going to get a loss first game <laughs> Friday night. Uh, Craig, cause I, you know, he'll hook me up. You want to see
2: history. Yeah. I
3: want to see history. I was at the game last night. I was going to see history with Josh Hader, but that didn't work out. Oh boy. So now I want to see other history and Craig, I've been talking to you all season, couple of seasons mm. now we have that spoken understanding, non-spoken understanding. Uh, please do it for me. Thank you. And uh, tomorrow, you had mentioned
2: Corbin Burns. Boy, they could really use a gem and just shut just shut this all off. Just, just shut it down, this losing streak at 5, the 7 of 8. Uh, grab a game in the series. Do what you can to salvage one. Who's on the mound outside of Corbin Burns?
3: Outside of Corbin Burns, who really needs a win or just any kind of run support in general, uh, he will be going up against the right-hander Zach Eflin, 2-4 and four with a 3.88 ERA, Burns on the season 3-3 three and three with a 2.5 ERA, coming off a brutal start against the Padres.
2: This is about the offense tomorrow, guys. That's going to be the storyline here. I mean, yeah, the 10-zip game got away today. But most all of these games within the window of uh, the offensive struggles have been, you know, the close games. This is, uh, come on, offense, get it done. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, let's see, first pitch tomorrow, one ten after the last pitch, you make the switch right here. Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show where we're going to talk some Brewers baseball and hopefully a, d- a different topic than the offense. Can we uh, talk about, ma- oh, I don't know, maybe a eight or, well, complete game shutout? Dare we say that out of Corbin Burns? I'll take it. Watch the pitch efficiency early. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb. I think he gets a uh, an immaculate
3: inning in tomorrow's series finale. We've been waiting. We had one from Josh Hader two, three years ago and haven't had one since. We're N- due. Yep, yep, we are due.
2: And there's been some close calls. I think, uh, who was it the other day got to seven?
3: It was Josh,
2: wasn't it? Or
3: was, was it, it Devin maybe?
2: Yeah, one of them got to seven of the nine pitches. So that's that's my prediction for tomorrow. All right, for Evan Heffelfinger, my name is Tim Allen. You guys have a uh, great rest of the night. We'll see you tomorrow afternoon. And despite the outcome today, smile Milwaukee. The world will smile back.